It'll probably be too loud. Hmm. No, yeah, it's got to pick up everything. I just know it. It's just, that's it. I got to take off this damn shirt. It's making too much racket. <laughs> Matt just stripped down naked. Finally, you're like you're like a character in a Twilight Zone episode, striving to achieve the perfect recording. Yeah, the police will find you like a madman. I did it. You break into uh, some. I think there's places that are like perfectly soundproof. Yeah, Scientists just, use them. I don't know. There we go. Huh, cotton. Cotton. The fabric right. of our lives. All right. Here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 405 of Outlandish Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me, I have Justin. I want to settle down. I want to settle down. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, all right. Let's just think, so, that'd, be, that'd be a hilarious episode. That'd be good April Fool's. It's just you and me terribly singing Kimbra through that whole album as much as we can remember. Maybe do some backup ring Ah, okay. Sorry. All right. Uh, thanks for this episode four hundred five. If you like to f- say, <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> oh All right. man, uh, no Jeremy here today. So um, yeah, I'm recording conflict. on our old uh, old mic equipment, so that's why I sound a little bit different. I'm also worried about the audio quality of it so you sound you sound really good to me all right if only if only people could just look at me through my voice right now (laughs) i bet i sound super sexy to a blind person (laughs) i gotta find me i'm telling you i think we made that joke a long time ago back in like the early 100s or something yeah just going down to the arkansas school for the deaf and blind and picking you up and pretty old girl (laughs) <laughs> we probably did that sounds like a horrible thing we would say no no you're, you're hideous you're hideous you're, you should be so lucky to be with me a gorgeous <laughs> man yeah that doesn't sound like an absolute terrible person <laughs> just gaslighting this poor gorgeous <laughs> blind girl <laughs> by telling her she's ugly and she just, <laughs> and she's lucky to be with you <laughs> And you you buy like a really expensive uh, 3D model Chris Helmsworth like head or something. <laughs> 3D printed. Yeah. And you're like, here, fill my face. Oh my! Oh, oh wow, wow! Wow! Such a strong jaw. Very strong. This is very, it's very uh, it's it's so mm, stiff upper lip. Very <laughs> stiff. <laughs> Uh, or just buy you one of those real dolls. Do they make men versions of those? Uh surely. Surely. They're they're called the Shirley 3000. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think uh 
I think I heard like a porn star, like let them make one of her. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, there are like fleshlight molds based on porn star parts. I don't, I don't even know how you get. How do you get a mold of that? I guess they fill her up, <laughs> pull I it mean, out. You know, do the reverse negative and bingo, bingo. Well, because I don't know. Because you feel feel like, all right. Let's say you put in something that. You, you you put it in there and it like took the shape, you know, because it clasped around it. So therefore, mm-hmm. like it, it feels but, all right. But you would assume when you pull it out, it's probably going to like not. It's going to get missed up a little bit. Well, you you let it sit so that it gets good and stiff. <laughs> I reckon. Is there a? Is, do they cover I'm, that on about- how stuff works or whatever? On that podcast, I'm going right in. Yeah, could you guys do an episode about how they take fleshlight molds? Yeah, porn star genitalia molds. Curious if you could, if you guys could just dive into that industry. I'm curious how that works. Yeah, give us the rundown. Uh, what you been up to, uh, Justin? Uh, I was I was going to finish up by saying that's probably something that's already been addressed on the Howard Stern show. Oh. I don't listen to a lot of Howard Stern, but from what I know of Howard Stern, he regularly has porn stars on to talk about shit. Oh, okay. So I have to imagine he's broached that subject. Yeah, but I want the scientific. Oh yeah, yeah. Approach. You to want it, the Justin, <laughs> like the actual TLC that's how all, it's made. Yeah, that's all we're here for is science. You know, with the calm narrator and the synth in the background, the mold is then poured into Jenna James' vagina. <laughs> Jenna James, you just dated yourself. <laughs> Jenna James. Hey, man, she was like the known porn star of the nineties. You know, I mean, she, she started was the vivid. Go-to. She, I think, she started vivid. Really, hmm. I'm pretty sure. Good for her. Yeah. There's not a lot of ladies that get anything out of the porn industry. Except for dick. Well, yeah. And a lot or a heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah. So what's up? Oh, not much. Okay. Let's see. I can't even remember the last time we recorded. I guess it wasn't too long ago. About two weeks ago. Uh, I have been playing a whole lot of a game called Shooty Fruity. Shooty Fruity. Shooty Fruity. Uh, this is a VR game for the PS uh, B- VR. I don't know if it's on any of the other VR platforms. I guess the PC VR platform. I would assume it is because most VR developers are trying to get as much money out of the game that they put a lot of time and money into creating. And VR is still not a fully viable industry. This is a game. It, this is my kind of game. Oculus. For twenty dollars, nineteen. Okay. This is it's 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 your it's your basic VR shooter, which is to say, your a shooting gallery game. I think they often call these. Um, you're standing in one place, and you can pick up guns with your right and left hand and fire. Uh, the little gimmick here the the fun of this is you are actually a cashier in a grocery store um 
bear with me because even even within the confines of you're a cashier in a grocery store and you have guns, uh, there's still a lot that doesn't necessarily make sense about this game, but it doesn't have to. Like, for example, there are no customers in this game. There's just grocery items coming down a conveyor belt, at least in the in the first level. Well, there's always a conveyor belt and there's always grocery items. And you have to pick these groceries up and scan them and then toss them into the little chute to the right to deliver them to whoever the fuck, I don't know, bought these things. While you're doing that, sentient living fruit is coming at you in waves out of the rest of the store because you're facing like the main store area. So they'll be kind of jumping in and out from behind aisles and displays and whatnot. And you have to shoot the fruit. Ergo shooty fruity. And it is really satisfying. The little fruit, they'll, they'll drop out of the air vents <laughs> with a little, <"Yah!" laughs> uh, and when you blow them up, they splat all over the place, all over the ground. And if they jump, uh, if they get to you, they will jump onto your um, little work area and splat all over that. And you have like a, you have a life bar. It's it's these little lights on your register. They don't they don't. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense in that way. It's just the idea. You know, you don't want to get the let the fruit get too close to you. So you got to use your pistols and 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 your shotguns and your revolvers and your submachine guns and your rocket launchers and your grenades. And, uh, you, so what you do is you go into each level with a loadout of weapons and you unlock level or weapons as you go, of course, like, like any other kind of game like this. Um, so you go into the, uh, go into the level with your loadout, but the basic, pistol class are the only guns that start coming to you automatically what there is is there's like a um i don't even know what you would call it but there is a an upside down conveyor belt system that is bringing like guns are coming along above you and you can just reach up and grab one as they go by yeah like uh well yeah and i worked at, at tyson we had them where they hung chickens Oh, there you go. It's exactly like that, except it says guns on it. <laughs> um, and pistols, like I said, pistols are the only class that will just, you don't have to do anything to, quote, earn them. Anything else, you have to scan groceries. And it'll actually give you, a, it actually gives you a little display that tells you like, oh, 16 more groceries until you unlock this gun. Uh, so that motivates you to keep scanning groceries. The other thing that motivates you to scan groceries is... Uh, Every certain amount, you get a. They'll send you a random power up, and the power ups are everything from uh, making whatever gun you're holding into a spray shot. Uh, it can put everything into slow mo. It can just you know quadruple the firepower. Uh, those will come down the 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 conveyor belt as long as you're scanning groceries. And uh, that's pretty much it. You. Uh, Shoot fruit. There's, uh, I mean, it's kind of fun. The the limes roll around and they'll roll up to you. The lemons hop around. The uh, raspberries will bounce up to you and then start spitting seeds at you if they get close enough. Then there's like the watermelon, which is this gigantic thing. And I'm mean, going to say gigantic. It's like the fruit is oversized. It's They're cartoonishly oversized. They have faces. They have eyes. Um 
and the the watermelon will roll at you, but it rolls like really slowly, so it gives you time because you got to put a lot of guns and a lot of bullets into that thing, and you've got pineapples that are the same way, and and pomegranates are pretty big and tough, and then you've got like pineapple should be kind of armored. They are armored. Like deflect. Uh, they do not deflect, but they are very armored. And the guns, the guns in this game are like they really spent some time trying to make. I dare say realistic guns. I mean, they're all colored uh, based on their class to kind of help you keep track of them. But I mean, I don't know a lot about guns, but they feel good. They sound good. They are really satisfying to shoot fruit with. (laughs) Um, And they actually have like stats, like how fast they or how much ammo they have, how fast they fire, and how much armor penetration they have. And needless to say, you would like a lot of armor penetration when the big fruit is rolling at you. Uh, I can't say much more about it. That's going to be very informative. It's the kind of thing you just kind of have to play and try out. But I really like that instead of other shooting gallery games I've played where you're just standing there and shooting stuff that's coming at you. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, that's that's fun in and of itself. I like the management of scanning grocery items and the, the further levels you go along, they actually make aspects of that tougher. Uh, for example, um, one of the later ones where you're scanning grocery items, you, there's actually like three shoots to your right and you have to put, when you scan it, it'll light up a line to one of the shoots and you have to put the grocery item into that particular shoot. So you kind of have to keep track. And then later on, the grocery items will come down and you actually have to find the barcode on it and scan that side of the, the item before you can put it into the pat into the shoot. And then there's a, there's three different types of rooms. Uh, there's another one where you're working at a cafeteria. So there's these trays coming around and you have to pick up these uh, multi different colored uh, food packets and put them on the right color tray because the tray will be like red and it'll be a piece. It'll show chicken and you have to pick up the chicken packet and put it on that one. Uh, and then the trays will sometimes they'll have, you know, like divisions and you have to put a different food pack in, into that. And um, and then there's one where the, the there are items coming at you on two different conveyor belts on either side of you. And then in front of you, there's three shoot holes and there'll be an image on it that'll show you like oh we want three milks into this one and then we want two sodas into this one and so you once you meet all those then you pull a shoot thing and that will collect those items so you know there's some variety there to it and i don't know it's me and jennifer just been playing the shit out of it there's um three challenges that you can get per level and every time you get a you beat a challenge you get a star and that's how you unlock more weapons and how you unlock more levels. So now we're just to set up on the V on the PlayStation VR sensors. Yeah. Or does it just keep up with it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, there, uh, it's actually kind of clever how they, how they came up with this because on PS3, they had the PlayStation I, which was sort of their connect, um, competition and the move controllers, which are those things you've probably seen that have the glowing orbs on the end. They look like microphones. Yeah, exactly. They look like microphones. Uh, They already had those for the PS3, and they had a few games that use that. They just didn't have VR. So when they decided to do PSVR, I guess they, I don't know. (laughs) Not that many people bought the PSI or the uh, 
move controllers, but they just said, hey, we're going to do a headset and you'll still use the move controllers and we'll still use the eye to track you. So, in fact, when we bought move controllers, finally, I found out that there aren't very many move controllers that they've released for the P- specifically for the PS4. You still buy the old PS3 move controllers. And luckily, we found some that like had damage to the box at Target and they were like $30 for a two pack when usually it's I think it's $100. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I think I was answering your question about something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So the, the, the it's only got the one. I mean, technically, it's two cameras, but they're like on this little, I don't know, eight inch long thing that sits on top of your TV or wherever you want to put it. So the tracking definitely is not as good as, for example, you've got two cameras, at least for the uh, Rift, right? Yeah, I have three sensors. Three sensors. That's even better. It's kind of what, you know, like most VR technicians will tell you the more sensors uh the better and and sure enough you run into issues sometimes where it gets a little jiggly you get a little of that vr jiggle as it's having trouble for whatever reason tracking you but not near enough to uh um result in any issues oh, long long term that game is awesome uh it's kind of the only vr game I've been playing. Uh, I need to get back to Astrobot. Um, I took a trip <laughs> to St. Louis, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago, and, and you know that always makes it difficult for me to get back into a video game that I'm in the middle of. But I want to get back to that. Uh, Jennifer got the new Red Dead Redemption Two game, um, which I plan on playing at some point. But I've heard that that game is just massive and long, so a little hard to get myself to sit down and start that one i want to play the uh resident evil 7 in vr next now that i've really enjoying the shooting in this game i want to play you know a game that's more i don't know uh it, it's like it's a full story game you know what i mean like you have to actually walk around areas and solve puzzles and then sometimes you have to shoot shit And then uh, okay. the other game that we played a whole bunch of is Overcooked, which uh, yeah. you played that with us. Yeah, played we played Overcooked that at PAX. too. That's right. Played the sequel. So she, played the better version. Hit. They improved upon this ver- that version. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to get back to that now that we played an assload of Overcooked one. Uh, I mean, mostly I'm just excited to play more Overcooked because it's a it's just a really it's really fun figuring out the puzzle of each level and then figuring out efficiency of what each person needs to be doing because you never want to just be standing around. You always feel like you're wasting time and you probably are if you haven't, if you're standing around, you've done something wrong. (laughs) Um, So we've played through all of those levels and really, really enjoy that. It's just really satisfying I don't know. There's something satisfying about playing that game. I think it's like any any game. It's it's kind of reminds me of um, restaurant tycoon type games because I mean, effectively, it is. You got to put the orders together and, and send them out, make the customers happy. There's no management beyond that, but it makes me wish that there were more restaurant management games. It's very satisfying to put orders together. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about. Should we talk about? Did, did you? Do you care to talk about anything that was revealed at BlizzCon? Like anything that was talked about at BlizzCon? Yeah. 
Um, what did, what was on your mind? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of everything. Um, I saw that the only thing I saw you tweet about was Warcraft three remastered. Yeah. Warcraft three remastered. And then a lot of people bitching about Diablo immortal. Right. Um, uh, are you, did you play Warcraft three back in the day? No, I just thought it was really cool to, uh, to re-release that RTS. I mean, yeah. um, uh, remastered yeah uh but you know I, I made a tweet later on it's like i was gonna pre-order it but then i saw it probably won't come out till december of next year yeah it's like okay well i guess i'm not gonna not gonna give you my money yet there blizzard right um but yeah then, that go ahead i just you know i mean it it's, it's cool that they're doing that and i think they're doing i think i saw where they were talking about did they already do starcraft one yeah, they already re- they remastered and released StarCraft mm-hmm. to no one one. Yeah, that's right. You know, reason to remaster two. Okay. Um, and then Diablo Mobile, which obviously was a big ruckus. I saw. Whew, like my first reaction, I don't know why. I, I, I don't. I was. It's not like I'm defensive of Blizzard. I've certainly complained about their practices in WoW. And uh, Hero of the Storm. But for some reason, it didn't really bug me. And even as a Diablo fan, maybe it was because as much as I... I mean, I liked Diablo 3, but I don't... It's not something I ever think about going back to. You know, I kind of felt like I played it and was done with it. So, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me to see them doing more cell phone gaming. Because I can only imagine how well Hearthstone is doing for them. Yeah, my, so, my biggest thing is that um, it's like people are all up in arms. I'm like, well, I, I get it that you, yeah, I mean, it, you want Diablo 4. I get it, you guys. You, got, you guys want that. But this is made by a second, you know, an indip- another par- a party. It's like mm-hmm. another party's making this. This has, this has very little, as far as I know, to do with actual Blizzard people. It seemed like yeah. mostly an IP thing. Um, so I don't know why people are so up and oh, it's like, eh, I mean, I think on, and, and, and to be clear, I think the big problem is that this is BlizzCon and it's Blizzard knows that their original family are, is PC gamers and BlizzCon, if nothing else should be like. You know, they, they start the convention with the new CEO being like, you know, we consider all of you family and we're a family and we've been doing these for years and we love you guys coming here and we welcome you here. So they don't announce any new big thing. Like, I, don't, I thought it was a pretty weak BlizzCon all in all. Um, there's no new game. They did all their usual. Yeah, there's more stuff coming to Hearthstone and Overwatch. There's more stuff coming to Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now we're remastering Warcraft 3. Yeah, you know, remember that classic WoW we talked about last year? Well, now we have a date that you can, you should be able to play it. Okay, that's all great and all. Oh, and then, but then their one more thing is not Diablo 4 or StarCraft 3 or anything like that. It's we're making a Diablo mobile game by this company that has already made a um, cash grab <laughs> mobile game 
Like apparently it looks just like this game, this this other company, the one that's making the same company that's making Diablo Mobile made this other game that Diablo Mobile looks a lot like. So people, you know, like it was just it was just a bad announcement. It 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 probably either shouldn't have been at BlizzCon or from what I've heard, up until the last minute, after that they were gonna say, Oh, they were gonna do a teaser for Diablo four, and all it was gonna be was just like a you know, like a logo video thing which wouldn't be much but at least it's a thing that says yes we are we are definitely absolutely making Diablo 4 and so I think I think it was just kind of a culmination and the fact that so many PC gamers are not interested in mobile gaming at all yeah I will definitely give them that is that they that I think somebody mentioned about how Hearthstone was debuted at PAX like that like that's your hmm. target audience is like PAX people, not so much the people that are dedicated specifically to your stuff. Like the people, yeah, maybe people that are dedicated specifically to your stuff have already played Diablo on PC and they love Diablo on PC. So why would they care mm-hmm. about, but of course, I mean, yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I wonder, it would have been interesting for them to announce Hearthstone at a BlizzCon to see what that reaction would have been. To see if people were like, yeah, card game, what the fuck? Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I remember when Hearthstone was announced, there was a little bit of a, really, you guys are doing a card game? But at least Hearthstone was announced for the PC, you know? Um, it came to mobile years later. If it had been announced for mobile, yeah, I would be. I think you're right. I would have been interested in that announcement. I think everybody would eat and crow because I know you don't like Hearthstone, but a lot of people love Hearthstone. I think it's been a a big success. But even so, it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to to run announcements. Um, and then they kind of flubbed it because people were you know in the moment pretty heated, and uh, I think the big takeaway line was saying, "Don't you guys have phones?" <laughs> just a very I don't know, just just poor poor messaging to to kind of be arrogantly be like, you guys have phones, don't you? You should like this. Y- yeah, play Diablo on your phone. Yeah, that's where I want to play Diablo. So I don't know. I don't know anything about the game. I didn't go to look at what the other game was. I didn't look at anything for Diablo Mobile. I just, I'm kind of, I don't really play games on my phone anymore because it has turned into this thing where... Every game comes out for free because they're going to expect you to put money into it. Um, but I'm excited about a new Overwatch character, of course. Uh, although not not necessarily the kind of character I would have liked to have seen them announce because I already hate Widowmaker in that game. <laughs> and uh, she seems like a... She kind of seems like she's between McCree, yeah, McCree and Widowmaker in range. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I'm not really excited to have to a be shot by her from way far away. Uh, and B to have someone on my team repeatedly pick her, even though they suck with her, you know, but I don't know. I'm interested to try her. We'll see. Whatever. They're still making stuff for over overwatch. Yeah. And yeah. Are you interested at all in classic WoW? God no. 
Oh, okay. I mean, like, my thing is, like, I was, I got a tad bit interested when they mentioned how they would, you know, do all the old raids and they would do uh, the the opening of the gate. I was like, yeah. oh, that that that's kind of cool. But then I thought about all oh, that fucking grinding, man. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be involved in that at all. Like, yeah, there. Go ahead. So much. There's so much shit we take for granted right now, in mm-hmm. in the wow that we have that will not mm-hmm. be that was not in there. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Like, I think people are. I think, and I've seen people that be like that wow classic. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna get into it, but okay. Like, it's just like. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I think people are like, um. Rose rose lenses? What is that? Rose colored lenses? Rose uh Yeah, rose colored glasses. Yeah, yeah like looking I, I at agree. like, oh man, it looks so great. Oh, I can't wait to go back. And you're like, no, fuck you. You don't want to go farm linen. <laughs> yeah. You don't Well yeah, like will it take as long to level? Yeah, I mean it's just be like, oh man, will it be I'm leveling so fast. Yeah. I leveled up to ten in, in, in like a few hours. This is gonna be so great. And then you hit that fucking 30, 40, 50 range, and you're like, fuck mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because if, years ago, when people were playing on classic WoW, you know, uh, unauthorized servers, they were asked, and they've been asked repeatedly, like, would you guys ever think about bringing back, like, a, a classic vanilla WoW? And one of the developers was infamously quoted for saying, you think you want it, but you don't. And people use that to get pissed like you don't know what we want we're telling you we want it but i understand exactly what he's saying it's exactly what you and i have just been talking about you know if you've got the original xp amounts the original questing like people forget that you hit that that 30s and 40s just like you were talking about and you're like i don't know where to quest now and you're getting quests from Stormwind, where you have to go over to the other continent just to deliver something, and then that person says, now take this to the north just to deliver something, maybe kill five things. Now you get to go back to Stormwind and... Yeah, we'll we'll see. Plus, you know, that shit looks old. I've complained about WoW graphics and they've upgraded those graphics. If it's going to look like it did in 2004... Ugh. Hey man, people love that PlayStation Classic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They like the they like the classic systems. Ugh. It's like one. I'm telling you, I can't imagine. I, I really was really surprised that I saw somebody give a positive review about the PlayStation Classic. I was like, really? Like, really? Like, no. I could not imagine. <laughs> like, you go back and look at like There's a lot old of video stuff. of Tomb Raider. Yeah. Ugh. Every time I look at old video of PlayStation 1 games, it always looks worse than I remembered. And Lord knows it was good for the day. I will never forget watching a demo reel video on uh, my friend Chris. You know you know the Chris I'm talking about. He had a PlayStation. And, of course, he was playing, like, fucking FIFA and hockey on it. Um, which still looked cool because, you know, it was all 3D oh, and yeah, new. Huh? But... There was a demo disc that came with the system and it had like it had a couple demos and then it had like a demo reel. And I remember seeing 
Twisted Metal and that 3D cars driving around, ramping off stuff. And it, I was like, I have to have this. I have to have this. This looks amazing. This is like this shit's amazing. Realistic graphics. Yes, it looks so good because it did. And now yeah. it's 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 one of those classic. I I think that you know you can go back and play NES and Super NES games, and they don't they look old, obviously, yeah. but you you can still enjoy them. You're like, yeah, the nostalgia holds up, especially that 16 bit era. I really feel like you can get a lot of joy out of that stuff. But uh, early 3D, it's it's tough. I think that's the kind of thing that people are gonna they're gonna get it. And they're gonna play a few of the games for like ten to thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then it's gonna sit there. Do you remember the invention of a polygon? Come on back to PlayStation Classic, where everything's just one polygon. It's like no, no, thank you. Really low texture uh, resolution. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, you yeah. got anything else to talk about? Um, watching movies, watching TV series. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> we're watching newer episodes of the Great British Baking Show. Oh, it's uh, exactly like it always yeah. has been. Um, make some pudding. Oh, I started make some breads. What's that? Make some pudding. Yeah, bread. yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, you uh, went to go see Spit Bucket or Thunder Bucket or something. Rubble Bucket. Bub- bubble Bucket. Rubble, rubble bucket, rubble, rubble bucket, rubble, rubble bucket. Rubble. I have no idea why they're called that. Yeah, that was good. That's the first show I've seen in Seattle. I remember thinking I was going to see shows, but as it turns out, um, Jennifer has kind of the same opinion I have of that kind of um, small venue shows, which is to say that they're crowded mm-hmm. and it's for a younger crowd. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I, well, it also depends probably on the music, right? Yeah, yo, no, I, I, that's the other thing. Like a lot of the music I listen to is synth heavy, or it's the kind of band that's just going to stand there and play their instruments. And that's not a show I want to go to. I don't, I don't, I don't get what a lot of people. I mean, I, I understand. I don't want to say I don't use the word. I don't get. I don't personally receive the same value of going and seeing a band I like live just at a base level. Like I don't, I don't need to see them live that just seeing them live doesn't do enough for me. But rubble bucket that's changed though. Right. I mean, like when we were younger, you like to go to them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's totally, it's totally, it's totally a change thing. Like I, yeah, I went to several punk and ska shows with uh, our mutual friend, Dave, Back in the day. Um, and yeah, like, you know, as a well, for one thing, one of my favorite bands to see was a, a ska band called ME330, and they would put on a fucking show, man. Like, they're jumping around the stage and they're having fun, and there's audience participate, precipitation, participation. So, it, it, I think, were, you know, I think there's ch- probably some audience precipitation too. I mean, In what? What do you mean? What? What do you? A lot saying? of sweat. There's probably a lot of sweat going on. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Sweating and shit. Yeah, uh, but nowadays I'm more drawn to shows in large theaters where you, you know, you get to sit there. Um, You've gotten so older. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yes. Uh, does this concert have seats that we can sit in? Well, I'm not Nine seating. General admission. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I need. Not gonna lie. Uh, even back in the day, I, I specifically remember going to a show in Memphis when I when I was twenty or nineteen with Dave and his girlfriend. And it was a venue where there was the all ages standing area at the bottom. And I was never a big fan of standing around for a concert. Um, and me and his girlfriend saw like the balcony area and we're like, we're just going to go sit up there. And the band actually at one point, like kind of made fun of the balcony people that we were with. Like, you guys having fun up there? Look at all of us. Just sitting around. They're just sitting around. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Yes, I am enjoying the show. Up here. Of course, the difference is, you know, you got to get on the ground in that standing area if you want to get close to the show. So like when we went to see They Might Be Giants at Gen Con year before last in uh, the uh, Pacers. It's the Pacers, right? In Indiana? Yeah. Yeah. Pacers uh, Stadium? Stadium? Auditorium? Uh, I did did go want to stand down there because, you know, you just you get a better show from there. Um, and it was, it we were, we had, we were able to get fairly close and, uh, you know, at one point, one of the band members, uh, somebody put him piggyback so that he could ride around through the crowd playing his trumpet and the singer was crowd surfing. And I don't know, it it was a great show. Usually those are the kinds of things like I agonize about going because I am sort of an introvert at heart. Um, but once, once it got going, I was really happy to be there and I'm hoping to go to more shows, but. There are some there are some good venues that Jennifer's aware of where you do get to sit there <laughs> and enjoy the the show. So I'm interested in that. Like where do all the like old people go to an- old hipsters, yeah. <laughs> Portland. That's where they go, Justin. They drive to Portland. Yeah, Matt, that's where they go. Yeah. Portland. There's pl- there's plenty of old hipsters in Portland, that's for sure. A lot of thing. Another the other thing though is that because summers are t- so temperate here, there's a lot of uh, outdoor festivals out 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 chia out this way. I would say it wouldn't be that crowded, but knowing how much free space there is to stand around in Seattle, it probably would be crowded because <laughs> there's not much. It's like wall to wall buildings and shit. In Seattle. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a major city. Is there? It's not quite New York. What's that? Is there a big park? Yes. Like in. In fact, there was a. There's there's no Central Park. I mean, there are there there's not a whole lot of Central Park equivalent sized parks in the world, as far as I know. But yeah, there's uh there's there's several nice sized parks. There was one right across from the venue we were at, actually. We were in the uh, the hipster area of uh, like the the progressive pride neighborhood of Seattle, which was funny because so uh, there was an opening band for Rebel Bucket called Diet Sig, and I had listened to them a little bit on Spotify because you know I knew that they were going to open, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see if I can get into these people. You know, at least I can enjoy the opening act, and I didn't hate it. It just wasn't my speed. It's kind of a kind of a poppy punk band. I, I might say, or pop rock. And so the 
we get to the show and uh, they go on first and the lead singer girl is like, <sighs> I wish you could have seen her. She is like the embodiment of the manic pixie dream girl. She was just all smiles and positivity and you guys had a long week and now it's Friday night. We're diet sick and let's rock. <laughs> she's got the sparkly makeup on and she's doing high kicks around. So like, I don't know. It just, it just, it grated on me. It was just too precious. What was this? What you know, was this band? Diet Sig. Diet C I G. Oh, like cigarette. Okay. Yeah, like a diet cigarette. Um, and then it was just really. I kept. I was cracking up and looking at Jennifer because she would like between songs. She would just make these statements like. And it's and all and all you queer and and uh, lesbian and and just not non gender or non standard gender and you know you you need to know that you have a you have a place in this world and 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 it's gonna get better for you and blah 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 and it was just like all I could think was you're in first of all you're in Washington which is a progressive state it's a it's a blue you know liberal state you're in Seattle. You've upped the quotient on your liberal there, and you're in Capitol Hill, like the pride, trendy hipster neighborhood of Seattle. You're you're preaching. You're not telling us anything. I don't know. She didn't have anything interesting to say about it. That was the thing. It was just like your classic, you know, just turned 20. I've got a lot of thoughts about the world and it's going to get better. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm too old. And I need more meaning in my in my uh, progressive opinions, but and I kept rolling my eyes and oh, I don't know. It was, it was they they put on a good show. I'll give I'm them watching, that. Uh, I'm watching this video here. Uh, I guess it's this yeah, yeah the short hair like redhead girl in this video. Scene sick is the mm-hmm. name of this official video. Scene S C E N E sick and uh yeah just i don't know it's uh i kind of like the music it's good kind of good music yeah yeah i think i think you could be into it yeah i mean i, I think i kind of get that mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Kinda, uh, it's it's it reminds me of uh kind of like light 90s uh surf rock kind of Okay. So. All right. Okay. Um. Fuck. I know there was like some movie or something. Man, I saw Eric. Oh. Uh, oh. Go ahead. Well. Uh. I watched uh Castlevania yeah. or started watching Castlevania oh, you on Netflix. It? No, yeah. I, I like blazed through the first season, which is only four mm-hmm. episodes. And then I watched an episode of the second season and like, it's not necessarily bad, but it just, I don't know. I never got back to it. Yeah. Um, I got it sitting here. I, I really want to get back to it. Just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, I finished it. The, uh, it's, it's a lot better than I would have thought. Yeah. Like the thing I like about it is how quickly it just, it doesn't, it doesn't fuck around. It's hard to explain what I mean by that. It doesn't build but up. It doesn't. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has to introduce a bunch of characters and spend time having people talk. Like, right off the bat, it starts with this woman. Like, Dracula is, he already exists. And he's already this uh, reclusive. I mean, like, people don't go near his castle because he's this reclusive thing. People don't really even know what he is. You know, just this lord of this castle, and you don't go there because bad things happen to people that go there. And so this woman shows up, and she's all, like, bold and confident. She's like, um, I know that you have you have secrets here. You have technology here. You could help humanity. And he's like, why would I do that? You know, like, shadowing around and appearing around her. And she's just kind of not even blinking an eye. And so it's kind of a classic scenario where he's attracted to her because... She's not even cowering. She's she's just you know she's motivated. She she wants to 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 work to better humanity, and you know he he ends up falling for her. And then, like, it cuts to the local Catholic church residents of the town burning her at the stake <laughs> because she's been you know using using these satanic she's a witch she's been using these, these satanic means and convening with the devil and of course dracula finds out and flips the fuck out and that's he unleashes his hordes upon humanity and uh i can't it's, tell it's really what is it set in the future no it's set in 1459 oh okay um, you sure? Yes. Okay. Is there something that made you think that there's well, future stuff? I in thought it? was it the first episode of the second season where they're showing her? Were they showing her some? Were they showing like a back? You know, uh, you know, a back flat, uh, a flashback, flashback of her. Yeah, I think that is the first episode of the uh, second season. Because I, it's, I got the impression because the way she talked about it was like this is science that we've forgotten, and I was like, oh, is it did did like a post apocalyptic thing happen? Uh-oh. And they revert. No, I think I think she's talking about how you know science was making inroads, and then the church got really powerful and started. You know, they didn't like anything denying God or whatever they thought denying God was. So, hmm. um, it's, she got in trouble for teaching medicine <laughs> that wasn't like Catholic church well, you, approved. You know how these movies go where they're like, oh, you're like, oh, is it present day? Is it old time? No, it's the future. We've just mm-hmm. like fucked up everything and we've reverted right? back. Yeah. So I was all like, she keeps talking as if like this was science that we have, like, I thought it was like modern technology to us, but it's like old shit oh. to them or something. I don't know. It's just the way she talked. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Um, I really like the animation. I like the characters they have introduced. I like that again, that there's not a lot of, it's a kind of no nonsense. They kind of, so, everything is badass. Who do you play as everything. in the game? The original Castlevania. I, I guess. Sure. I thought so you the played original Castlevania. Belmont. Yes, you do. But yeah, do you play in, as Alucard later on or something in the other ones? Yeah, they, I mean, they're playing, you know, the, there is, the Castlevania lore is loose. Because, of course, it's based on, you know, they were old NES games. So there wasn't a lot of room for story back then. 
Um, but the the general lore is that the Belmont clan has fought Castlevania many times over the centuries. And um, this is telling the story from the first time Dracula started, you know, being him, being his bad old self. Um, and Alucard is his son. He was introduced in the third game, I believe. But as like a side character, I'm I'm kind of gumming up my ideas. He's the main character of Symphony of the Night, which is my favorite Castlevania game and one of the most famous, legendary, popular Castlevania games. So I've definitely seen um, stuff in the series that kind of brings in stuff from that game, including Alucard as a character eventually. Um, I would actually compare uh, for, for listeners. If you've watched Jojo's bizarre adventure, I would compare a lot of this to that very earnest, um, straightforward, dark, like really evil shit happens to random people. (laughs) Like, I, I tweeted at one point about a scene where one of the Belmonts is walking into a town that's clearly regularly gets raided and he sees this bat creature that is like crawling along and it lifts its head and there's a baby corpse in its mouth and it looks at him and then flies off. Um, when the demons attack, they're just like fucking shredding people, like actually like tearing people apart. It's like, I, I like how metal that is. So... I'm into it. I'm going to try and keep watching it. You watching anything, Matt? I, I finished it. Um, oh, okay. So that's why I was, at. I was like, oh, yeah, finished it? Oh, okay. Um, there is a movie. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Is there anything else you've been watching? I was going to ask you about a movie I just heard about. That I don't know if Netflix paid for this movie, if it's like a foreign movie that they bought, bought the rights to. Huh? It's called Animal World. Have you heard of this? Yeah, it's on it's on Netflix right now. I think it's in Yeah. It's a, well, it's a Japanese or Chinese or I think it's Chinese or Korean maybe. Like Yeah. I I saw it pop up on Reddit as it's described as live action Yu-Gi-Oh meets the Hunger Games in this visually stunning and trippy tale. I said, "What?" And then I heard that Michael Douglas is in it and I was like, what? And I watched half the trailer. It looks fucking insane. It looks like a it looks like a Wachowski movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a clown jumping around with samurai swords. I have no idea what's going on. It kind of actually looks like. Did you watch the trailer or anything about it? I don't it? think so. I think I just added. You should watch the trailer. It looks like something. It almost looks like it could be Asian Ready Player One because there's a shot. Like there's clearly there's a guy that's a main character who I think is like like most of the time he just looks like a main character in the real world and then there's this the samurai clown jumping around and there's a shot where it looks like it shows him doing what the samurai clown is doing so I got the impression that maybe he jacks in to this virtual world or something I don't know I I, I meant to text you about it because I wanted to say Matt you should watch this and then I'll watch it and we'll talk about it because it looks fucking insane. Uh, did did you watch the trailer for that Pokemon movie? I started. I watched half of it and then decided I think I actually want to see this fucking movie and turned it off. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was all like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what? what the 
fuck is this? <laughs> I feel like it's a parody or something. You're like, this isn't fucking real. This is, well, this is a fan-made I, movie or some shit. This is not real. I can only imagine what your impression was, not knowing fucking anything about it, because I remember... Because, you know, I've got my finger on the pulse of the video game industry. I remember when they said they were making a movie of it. And Detective Pikachu is this is this, this series of games or at least a couple games that they actually released in Japan. And it's just it's Pikachu, Pikachu, like solving crimes. And, you know, it was just this weird Japanese uh, game that they didn't even I don't think they even brought over here. Um. And so they decided to make a movie out of that. And he talks. And he's voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And it looks insane. And that's, I think that's what I like so much about it. They're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We could have made, we could have finally made a live action Pokemon movie, which would have gone pretty much how you had expected it to go and probably would have been bad and probably would have looked like that Voltron movie that came out a couple years ago. But no, we're going to make. Pikachu a detective and give him Ryan Reynolds voice. Yeah, really it's just like what? Did you, <laughs> did, <laughs> so you said you only watched half of it, right? Yeah. So I guess you did you, it probably didn't make it the Mr. Mime stuff. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited about that though, because he has always been the creepiest Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the Pokemon looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I I like that we're finally getting a real world because I've thought for years. I First of all, I thought they've need, needed to make an MMO for years where you running around as a Pokemon trainer and catch Pokemon and fight other people, blah, blah, blah. But I've also thought it'd be really cool if they make like a serious movie set in a universe where Pokemon exist. And this is the closest thing I've seen to that. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's fucking weird. It's it's very weird, and I love that they're doing it. I'm really, I keep waiting. It's f- taking forever. I wanted to watch. I know it got horrible reviews, but I want to watch that Happy Time Murders movie. Yeah, did you ever see the trailer for that? Or know what I'm talking about? I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like a it's like an adult world where it's like adult. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Except humans are mixing with puppets. Yeah, right, right. Well, it made me think of. I think there was like a Channel One Hundred and One, and it lasted like three or four episodes, and yeah. it was a, basically the Happy Time Murders thing, where it was like a detective puppet was working with somebody else, and it was weird and shit. So I don't know. I and I like the. There was an episode of Angel his last season where. Angel gets turned into a puppet. Oh yeah. Like the funniest fucking thing to me. Um, <laughs> just because it is like uh, spike was like, you're a bloody puppet. And he's like, shut up spike. And then they get into a fight or whatever. And like, it was just, it was really funny. And so I just imagine that kind of humor and st- stupid shit. In, yeah. In a comedy like that. But I know I got really bad reviews or whatever. So I'm like, whatever. I don't, yeah. I'm like, I, sometimes I just like dumb comedies like that. But yeah, it's not coming out till like the first week of December. So it's taking forever to come out. I don't know why. I figured that one would have been rushed to, D- to DVD or Blu ray or whatever. But no, it's taking forever. 
Yeah, that's weird. Because there are, I mean, it seems like all rules are off for when things come to, especially video on demand, because that Maniac movie, was it, was it Maniac? The show? No, yeah, I keep getting confused. No, Mandy. Mandy, that's what I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Because that movie, it was in theater, and then apparently it was also immediately on demand. Yeah. Yeah, so, man, Nick Nicolas Cage makes so many fucking movies, man. Yeah, he does. His IMDb page has got to be like a thousand now or something. I mean, it seems like he's putting out like six or seven a month. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, turn around. Oh, there's this new film uh, by Nick Cage. It's like, God bless this plane or something. And like, it's him, you know, flying a plane and it's going to crash. And oh, wait, that's left behind. Uh, <laughs> which he was in. But yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just like you turn around and you see Nick Cage and like everything. And John Cusack too. John Cusack is doing a bunch of like independent shit. It's, really? Yeah. He does a bunch of like weird, funky, like, I, I guess just making a paycheck or something. I don't know. Huh. Uh, anything else you, you want to talk about? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I was watching, I caught a, like a glimpse of like one of those, uh, money market channels or whatever, you know, like on like financial, well, I'm trying to remember what channel that is. Uh, it's not, I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, do like, money market. Like, you know, the guys, it's about stocks and stuff. One of those. Oh yeah. 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 NBC maybe. No. Mm, it's MSNBC. Uh, that's a lot of fun. No. Maybe it's Bloomberg. Maybe. Anyways, I saw on there that there was like stock in gambling companies. So like the casinos themselves are like companies that you can buy stock of. And I was like, that's fucking meta. You know? Yeah. Like you can gamble on the gambling companies themselves. Like you're like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to get some of that stock in uh, uh, Capri. We get some of that Alicapri stock. I don't know. I'm trying to think. How, uh, what other casinos? Come on, there's tons of big. Casinos. Oh, you think I'd be able to remember some from Vegas? Uh, fuck! Wow, I'm blanking. I want to say there's one like it starts with an H. Have Hannah? Harry's? Harry's Casino? Harry's? Oh, Haraz or Haraz. Haraz. H-A-R-R-A-H apostrophe S. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. What are the the Bellagio. The Bellagio. That's a big, that's a main big casino in uh, Vegas. Robbed. Yep. Bellagio. That's exactly what I was trying to remember. The casinos from fucking Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Let's remember all the casinos from Ocean's. Yeah. Uh, Bellagio and other ones that people are yelling at us right now. I feel, uh, I was thinking the other day, I feel like I should go back and watch 30 something to see if I relate to anything now. Like the show. No, you'd have to be a 30 something in the, uh, in the eighties. Do you think any of that stuff we can relate to now? (laughs) No, I'm sure lots of lots, lots of we probably relate to. I mean, I'm doing cocaine and hookers all the time now. So I don't know if that's on that show. I don't know what that (laughs) was. Like, 
Hookers and Blow. I'm pretty sure. I there might have been one character in Thirty Something that might have dealt with something like that, but I'm pretty sure every single one of them in Thirty Something had like kids and terrible marriages or some shit, and like I I really doubt there was a guy in there that was like, I'm just doing cocaine and fucking hookers. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be inclined to think so. Because even though even though t- uh, titties were flying everywhere back in the eighties, TV wasn't so much like as risque right. as it is now. Well, remember when uh, they showed an ass on <laughs> NYPD Blue? Uh, have you uh, have you ever had a dream that got to you? It, it like it drew out an emotional reaction to you, like it either haunted you, yeah, scared you, or made you happy, or made you cry. Oh yeah. Usually, usually the, usually the making me happy, like, like I'm in a perfect relationship and then I wake up and it's all bullshit. Like, (laughs) fuck you. God damn it. Fuck you world. Fuck you. Fuck you brain. Why did you do this to me? We're in this together. What's wrong with you? You caused this depression on you now. You realize that you feel this depression brain. Um, I had like, I had two weird dreams uh last night and or i guess this night whatever um where like there was like a drug a drug dealer guy or something or he's trying to be like like tough and puff out his chest in front of other people or something so i ended up like shooting this one guy in front of me or something i don't know what he's doing and like i ended up like picking up this gun and he's like what are you gonna do and He's like, you're not, you're too chicken shit or something to shoot me or something like that. And so, yeah, I just shot him in his face. Oh, wow. And then there was a, there was like somebody near him or riding a bike or something. And I shot them too because I was like, (laughs) witness. witness (laughs) And then the whole thing, like, I felt like this, I had vindication for doing it and justification for doing all this. But then the whole time I was worried I was going to get caught, Mm -hmm. freaking out. And, Somebody was going to help me get rid of the body or something, but the cop showed up and I was like playing all innocent and everything. Like, I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I was just all freaked out. I was like, oh shit, I got my, my, I got my, you know, my fingerprints on that gun and everything. Shit. And then I woke up and I went to another dream and the other dream was about Jeremy. And I was over like, I was over somewhere where he was at and there was this other guy that looked kind of like him. And and uh, Mandy was there, and I was like, "This guy looks a lot like Jeremy." He's like, "Oh yeah, that's my clone." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about a clone?" And he's like, "Yeah," and it's like, and then Mandy said something like, "Her clone was a prostitute or something, making money or some shit like that." I don't even understand. Like, like Jeremy had like come up with this formula. Like there was a formula for making your own clones on the on the web or something that he had got. And he was making these clones and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't even understand this. And then I woke up. I was like, what the fuck? These dreams are weird. Dreams are fucking weird, man. One reoccurring one for me is, uh, suddenly realizing that I'm on the run from the cops. Oh man. Like that's just, 
I have a few that are just add-ins yeah. that my brain will do like, oh, we're going along and, and then just realizes it can just append in a new feature. Like <laughs> I'll be riding down the road. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, the cops are on to you. They're, they're coming for you. And it, my brain doesn't even often pencil in what I did wrong. Right. I just get to exist in that fear state because like, even though I have not, you know, done any, as far as I know, I haven't done any felonies or anything. One of my biggest fears is suddenly like being wanted by the police, either for something I didn't do wrong or just, just in general, the idea of being wanted and trying to get away. Man, you shouldn't do those. Crimes. It'll go. Yeah. It probably means I have a guilty conscience or something. I don't know. Freud, Freud can help you with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to the, to the drive through earlier today and, uh, really fucking hate people that don't just pull up like you know a car like i get it you're not getting up to the window right now but still pull the fuck up there's other people that want to place their order right now you know get that order in and start working on it just pull the fuck up like i you're looking at your phone that's great if i can pull the fuck up look up every now and then you piece of shit do you mean people that have already made their order but they have not pulled yeah, they're like in line already. In fr- like I've placed my order, they've placed their order. They're in front of me, and then like a car moves up, and you're and they're just like sitting there for like a minute, and you're like, "What the fuck?" I get it. the line's going slow. I get it, but there's still other people behind you that have not placed their order that want to pull up and place their order. Yeah, I'm bugged anytime someone does not fill in the space in front of their vehicle. Yeah, it it and it does not matter the scenario because even because I'll think about that sometimes like should I really be annoyed with that person you know if there's nobody behind us but especially in a place where there is a lot of traffic like you don't know what's going on far behind the cars behind you there might be somebody that can't squeeze in that last little area right. because your dumbass has just decided for whatever goddamn reason to sit back a car length yeah yeah they may be trying and it's even, to turn someone yeah. or somebody else may be yeah. get out of something. And this person's like, I'd like to help you, but the jackass in front of me won't fucking move up a spot like he's supposed to. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2. I, I was going to play it this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I loaded up. Apparently, it's two discs. And wow. Xbox wanted to install it on the Xbox before I can play it. So I was like, let me just copy over the entire contents of these two discs. So it wanted to copy over like 90 gigs. And I didn't realize like I I was without internet, uh, Friday and part of Saturday. And so I loaded up the Xbox and I loaded up the, uh, loaded up one of the discs and I was like, what the fuck? And I looked over and it's like, yeah, I'm installing. It's uh, 1% of, you know, I got a got a copy of this eighty nine gigs over here to you. You can't just slap a game in these days. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. There is no just like got my game going home. I'm gonna play it immediately. No, <laughs> it's like uh, I got to copy it over in the slowest form pa- possible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just read every inch of this fucking disc. It's like I think it's a deterrent for to make people not buy physical copies anymore because most games like that you can preload them. Oh yeah. I think they're trying to be like, hey, maybe if you just uh, buy that shit off our online store don't uh, for the same price, then you can preload try it. Try to get any resale value out of your fucking games. <laughs> Please. 
So you haven't been able to load it up yet? No, nah, it's installed on the Xbox. I just haven't turned on the Xbox again. Right. I have internet now, so. <laughs> There's repetitive <laughs> Overwatch to annoy me with. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, I figured out how to disable chat in Overwatch. Oh, just utterly disable yeah, you chat? just turn it off. Hmm. It's fucking great. Yeah, that would definitely be the ultimate stress reliever. I fucking hate people that are like, it's always, if you ever want to find the asshole, always wait until you lose a game and wait for that first person to say GG. Because I guarantee Mm. it's going to be somebody on the winning team. It's like, was it really GG? Was it? Because you stomped all over us. We didn't really get anywhere. We didn't even make it past the choke point to get to your fucking point. So, Mm -hmm. But plus it was fucking mystery hero. So mm, eh, go fuck yourself. My new thing uh, on, in quick play is I'm done trying to make a team happen. If like no one picks healer yeah. or no one picks tank. My base, my base level is. If if we because I I do believe you need at least two healers and, and at least one tank. Yeah. So if like I load in and I'll usually wait to like I, I'm happy to fill a spot mm-hmm. because I would rather everybody else play whatever the fuck they want to play. Sometimes I'll load in and I'm like you know what I really feel like playing you know it's defense on uh, Eichenwald. I feel like playing Junkrat. I'm just gonna pick Junkrat and I don't give a fuck what everybody else picks. I'm not gonna switch off even if. Everybody else does something else. That's that's one thing I do now is I'm not, I like I feel like playing Junkrat right now. I'm playing Junkrat. Yeah. And then the other thing I decided is, you know, like when everybody picks DPS and like I think it was a level where everybody picked DPS. There were, so there there was no healer at all. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm gonna play Hanzo. I suck at Hanzo. Hanzo was available, but I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna play Hanzo. I kind of like playing them sometimes. <laughs> Because I used to just try and make it work. I would just pick a healer because I was like, well, we're not going to get anywhere if we don't at least have one healer. Like, maybe I can make this work. But what I realized is that's a lose-lose situation. Either you lose, literally, or you pull off the win, and these fucking assholes that pick Widowmaker and Hanzo every time, they're like, I guess I can keep doing that. We won. I'm really good at this game. I carry the fucking team. Hanzo can do So now... Yeah, so now my thing is I'm going to pick like Hanzo or Genji, some character I almost never play because I'm not good with them, never figured them out. And that's going to be practice on Hanzo or Genji or just or just whoever I feel like playing. Yeah. And most likely we're going to lose and probably do it fairly quickly. Hopefully we're on defense. <laughs> and that's okay because I want all those assholes to lose. And I and if I lose and lose some matchmaking points, that's okay too. I, that means I get to have a few wins <laughs> later on down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like I, when I'm when playing Mystery and I get Genji, I still play competitively, but I do thank people when they kill me. I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. I did not <laughs> fucking play Genji. But right. I don't just fucking half-ass it and shit. I try to actually, like, do some stuff with Genji, like, hop around and fucking climb some walls and just right. throw my fucking three throwing stars that take forever to fucking throw another three. <laughs> I swear to God, it pisses me off every time 
I fucking play against a Genji because he's got the most fucking deadliest accuracy with throwing three yep. throwing stars. I throw three fucking throwing stars. Who knows what the fuck it's going to hit? And they've got that combo down where they're they're just like they're just picking at you. Yeah. And so eventually they'll get like a few good hits and you'll get down to seventy five percent. And here they come. They they dash through you and then they spin around and they just start ninja starring and or meleeing you and it's it, it adds up. They're like. They're like a, they're like a, like a, like a, like a panther just sitting outside waiting for the weakness to show. And then like, oh, oh, and then they leap out and finish you off. Which is why when I'm being serious, I love playing Moira because you ain't going to do that shit. In fact, I'm going to suck on you. Oh, you're going to try to deflect yourself. It don't matter, bitch. I'm still sucking yo. Oh, also I'm healing myself. (laughs) Oh, you tried to get away. I'm going to dash around and get and catch up to you. You're dead. Fuck you. God, it feels good to kill Genji's. And and Farah, man, I love Moira. That is absolutely my favorite character. If I ever play competitive, I'm just gonna try and force Moira every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Brigitte now. Um, pretty decent with her. I, I still have not quite figured her out. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah, like a hero has to click for you. Yeah. And good on you. <laughs> She's powerful. She's really fucking annoying to deal with. I know that much. <laughs> by people who know how to use her. That's for sure. Um, I bought X Plane because I wanted to try to play it in VR. Mm, yeah, X Plane Eleven, I think it is. And uh, yeah, that's fucking difficult as shit. Um, well, it like because it's a simulation. Well, right? It does like a halfway load, so like the VR stuff is loaded on my VR headset, but like it, when you're trying to learn the game, the tutorial shit is happening on the screen. So like. I tried to load it up and it was like, okay, let's go through the walk, the walk through of flying. And I'm in the, I'm in the cockpit and I'm okay. We're flying. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? We're just like, we're just flying. Like I literally can't like, I can, I can go up and down, but I can't really do anything else. And I'm like, okay, well let's try landing then or takeoff. And so I load up that tutorial and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why, why am I not doing anything? And then I take off the headset and I see on the screen, it's got like dialogue proxies that wants me to fucking click through. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how am I supposed to do this? Like, cause like, it's like, all right, well you got, you're approaching the runway and you got to do this shit. And like, you got to like actually do all this shit and like click on shit while it's going on on the screen. And I'm like, I can't do this when we got the VR headset on, I guess. I don't know. So I was like, fuck it. I quit. I'll go play. <laughs> this, is, this is annoying. Hmm. That's a shame. Um, last thing I got is I played that PUBG on mobile. PUBG mobile. Oh, yeah. You should, you should try it out. It's pretty easy. Are you still just uh, playing against bots? Uh, well, it's like a bot. It's like bots and then like a handful of real people because I did lose the other night to like a real person at the end. I was, That's kind of interesting. I was the second person and in, in, uh, I was like, I can't see shit on this tiny ass screen. So yeah, but uh, it was interesting. I mean, it's it's it, it can be fun. It's like it's so it's so dumb. You can just tell what's a bot because you'll just be in a building and you'll hear footstep, 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 footstep. It's just like it's just like there's just like it's just like they're pausing like every few seconds. Like I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. The bots. 
Like the bots do that? Yeah, they'll just like walk a little bit and stop. Walk a little bit some more and stop. And so it's just like a normal person wouldn't do that. A normal person would like run around, pick up shit, and then run the fuck out. But a bot will run into a building where you're at and just like run it like it like it it's doing that kind of like I know where you're at bot kind of shit, you know? Like you know where I'm at, bot. You you know where I'm at. That's why you're lingering right now. Because they start to come at you. you know? Oh. You, know, you If you just stay in a spot, bots will just magically start running towards you. Hmm. It's just funny because you'll be just sitting in a building and you're like out in the middle of fucking nowhere and a bot will come up to you. And you're like, eh. Yeah, would you would you be here? Would you? <laughs> would you? I'm in a fucking shack out in the middle of nowhere, man. <laughs> would you? I don't think so, bot. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> How is the aiming? Because, you know, you're on your phone. Well, that's the thing is like uh, the left on the left side of the screen is your thumbstick for moving. And then you can just oh, okay. use your thumb to like move around on the screen, like looking. Okay. So if you take a position like on top of a building or something like that, where you don't really need to move that much. You could just use whichever dominant thumb you feel like has the most accuracy, or you could use a finger or something like that and just scope in and aim at people. Okay. But there's also a, there is a, a shooting, a, a training range or whatever, where you can like test out everything and get a feel for all the guns and stuff. And it auto loots for you on the, the, uh, the majority of stuff that you need. So like guns, uh, health packs, um, oh, okay. and armor and stuff like that. It auto picks that stuff up for you. But then if you see something else and it auto equips all your, uh, accessories for your guns, So scopes and extended mag and, uh, suppressors, compressors, stuff like that kind of stuff. It auto auto puts that stuff on the gun. It feels like it's the best for. So it's, Okay. Pretty. I mean, like I say, and you're playing bots, so there's not much tension there, um, because you're just like, okay, I can pretty much handle myself around the like ninety percent of the things that are on the screen right now. Yeah, and it's funny too because they'll just sit there and like they'll shoot at you and they'll maybe hit one bullet out of like five or something, and you'll just be like, <laughs> okay. Like it would, so you've got the satisfaction of feeling like a like a badass. Like fuck taking man. all these spots. Fuck <laughs> at shooting, bro. Get good. Get good. Then GG easy. And just get over the corpse and I go up and down. <laughs> I like these nuts and bolts, bot. <laughs> How do you like these ones and zeros? <laughs> Look on these bits. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't think we have any uh, emails here. I don't even know if, you know, there we go. Letters. 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 Yeah, man, I haven't gotten, we haven't gotten letters in a while. Oh, they're not all trapped in spam, are they? Uh, this person, Jake, wanted to know uh, Matt and Justin. So this is a good, good one for us. Perfect. Uh, greetings and salutations, gentlemen. So we all know Jeremy has been with the same company for the entire length of Outlandish. 
I remember Matt and Justin saying they both worked at a law office. Obviously, Justin has moved on from this job. But what have you guys done since? Not trying to be nosy, just wondering what my dudes have been up to over the last 10 plus years. Please never stop the podcast, Jake. That's funny, Jake. Because Justin hasn't left that job. Right. He's just able to do it remotely. Yep. Um, and I'm in, 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 in uh, do you want to say what profession you're in or what job? you? Yeah, I work, uh, I review real estate title for a title company. What I usually tell people is uh, when you go to close your house, the, uh, the company you go to is usually the title company. And that's the kind of place I work. Yeah. They go I look at real estate the, records and whatnot. The background information on the property and then compile that to tell you whether or not you're going to get fucked and buy some yes. liens and shit. Ultimately, the company, we're like, we're the people who you get what's called title insurance from, which is not homeowner's insurance. It's title insurance. So we ensure that your that the title to your house is good, that someone can't show up and say, hey, you can't live here. That's my house. I got to be on a sale right here. Says that house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I do help desk for the law firm. So that's that. Yeah. Old mattress man. Uh, thanks, Jay, for writing in. Um, trying to think. I thought I had I had, I had something there for a second that I was going to mention, but then I lost it. So I guess it wasn't really that fucking important. Huh. Man, it was something, but now it's nothing. Funny how that is, Justin. Hmm. All right. Um, this is episode 405 of Outlandish Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at letter at outlandishpodcast.com. Oh, I think I was going to talk about fantasy football for just a minute. Talk about how much it's shit, but then not shit. It depends on really if you're winning or not. Like, yeah, win. it really does. Like, fuck yes. Those players I picked are the best. I know what I'm doing. Then if, if they're not doing shit, then you're like, fuck you. This game is stupid. And it's fucking chance. And no reason everybody else is winning because of fucking chance and bullshit. And because my players are broke somehow. Or not playing at all. Right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Yeah, it is interesting. This, <laughs> it is interesting this year because Yahoo instituted. Um, they they started keeping up. They basically they've instituted uh, competitive matchmaking, <laughs> not matchmaking, but competitive <laughs> levels. Yeah, and so apparently I am really good at fantasy football, but it's hard not to divorce. It's hard to think of that versus just being really lucky over the years because like this year this year I'm in four leagues and my guy in three of the leagues was Alvin Kamara I like to get behind one dude in the first round if possible I was picking at the back end of round one in all those drafts I got Alvin Kamara in one league he was sitting there in another I was like sure I'm gonna believe in this guy he was really good last year the Saints look good and so far, that's been fucking great. That's worked really well for me. Um, so, you know, when you 
when you're all in on a guy and then he's amazing, then you're going to be good across your fantasy leagues. Uh, in the other league, a brand new dynasty league uh, that uh, John is running, I was like second pick. So I drafted Le'Veon Bell back when everybody was like, no, no, he'll show up because players have always shown up. Players that hold out have always shown up, right? Yeah, players, players have always shown up, Justin. And the funny thing is, as I haven't mentioned this before, but before the season started, after I had drafted all my leagues, I was like, man, I kind of wish I had Alvin Kamara in all my leagues. And I almost approached the guy that drafted Alvin Kamara and offered him Le'Veon Bell. I was like, you know what? Who really knows what's going to happen? What if he is not conditioned? And then I didn't, of course. And, you know, hindsight being 2020, needless to say, I wish I had done that. Right. <laughs> I'm actually not doing terrible in the Dynasty League. Well, I don't know what my score is now. I've lost two times. I've lost the last two games. I think I'm like right in the middle. But, uh, yeah, that guy's not doing anything for me in that league. My running backs have been an absolute disaster in that league. Yeah, that's. I really felt like. Was that our first draft? Yes. That's that's one of those ones where I'm all like, I was while we were drafting, I was all like, oh, that guy, that guy. Like I would be doing that like all the time. Like somebody be like, I think uh, when uh, Juju Smith Schuster, like I was really into him last year. I was like really looking for it. I was like, oh yeah, that guy's gonna be an upper cover. He's gonna be great this year. I didn't remember anything about that fucking guy until somebody took him. And I was like, fuck that guy. Yes. That guy. And, uh, yeah, just looking back on it, man, like it's the fucking dynasty league. It's like where, if, if we did one next year, like how much more, uh, more knowledgeable, I feel like I would have been, because we, that was the first one we did this year. So it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you should draft a dynasty league, like four weeks into the season. <laughs> right. When we know some shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's even worse because that league has like really deep benches. So I just, I think it's going to be really hard to scrape together. I think it's hard if you get behind the eight ball, to come back. Like at least I fully expect Le'Veon Bell to play for somebody somewhere next year. <laughs> right? You just the, the problem is timeshare somewhere though. Uh that's possible. I I would like to hope that he's just so good that it won't matter. Yeah. But I'm actually what go ahead. Almost like Alvin Kamara this year. You know, what I mean Mark Ingram yeah. fairly decent in some games. I mean he's been but Well, the other thing I'm worried about is this year, having played fantasy football several years, this year year more than ever, I've realized, A, offensive line is one of the most important things for a team's offense to do anything. And good coaching is really important because you look at David Johnson in Arizona, that team is a disaster. And sure enough, only until they fired their head coach (laughs) – and I think the offensive because he was, or was it just the offensive coordinator? I guess it was. 
And because up until then, they were literally just utterly misusing him. Like he, the reason he was so good under Bruce Arians is because he was catching passes out of the backfield. He was lining up for like slant routes, like a wide receiver. And he's good at that. And they weren't fucking doing that. They do it last week, two touchdowns. I think he was like almost 200 yards or something. Yeah. So you don't know when that shit's going to happen to your player. Meanwhile, I don't know that Alvin Kamara would be all that, all that at all on any other team. But the Saints are good at offense. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, um, I who was it? Uh, well, like I, I talked about, like I had dropped Sony Michelle back in mm-hmm. week three or something because he had only put up like five points or six points back to back weeks or something like that. I was like, oh, this is, and then you had like the whole contention of like Rex Burkhead was still healthy, I think, at that point or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, with James White, him. Rex Burkhead and other, yeah. You know, I was like, I don't know who's gonna get the ball, so I was just like, I don't want to take a chance. And then, fucking, he injuries happen and people step up, yeah. and you just, yeah, he stepped up. It was like at the for that dynasty, I skipped over. Uh, I didn't want Alvin Kamara because I figured Mark Ingram would play a way more important part, and mm-hmm. it would be more of a split and all this kind of stuff. And then I thought that, um. I thought that the toll of what they asked for Alvin Kamara would maybe, uh, or would take a toll on him. What they ask about him, ask him to do mm. stuff. Yeah, he's he doesn't. I mean, he's like a he's kind of a. a he's, he, what's the word I'm looking for? He's 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 not not but he's not. I don't want to say scrawny. Yeah, right. But he is. He's he's not a big bulky back. Right. And uh, I thought Austin Eckler was going to play more of a role this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like take away some because I thought he did pretty decent last year when he needed to, and mm-hmm. I thought you know okay Austin Eckler will step in and take some take some touches away from Gordon. Nope, apparently Gordon's just still good. I guess I don't know. There's just so much we don't know. Yeah, I mean, and John in in our league, our our podcast league, he drafted Carryon Johnson, which was like a hot early round rookie for the lions and he wasn't really doing anything for the first four weeks. And, and John dropped him. I think, I mean, John is the type of person that's going to get real frustrated with the character, with the player and just do something erratic. I think. Um, and, and we've all been in that position where you've got a player that you've spent a high pick on and they're not doing fucking anything. And you just, you get mad at them. You're like, fuck this guy. I'm done with them. We've all done it. I, I did that with Kenyon Drake. Um, he, he was my like mid round pick this year. Um, but I picked up carry on Johnson. Cause I was like, well, let's just, you know, I got space. Let's just see what happens. And then he immediately started being good. And he's had like a, he had a, like a stinker game last week, but then he was really great this week. And it finally looks like the lions are going to fucking use him. But the Lions are another team that you can't trust. You know, <laughs> it's not a good offense. It's not a good defense. You don't really know what they're going to do. Yeah, because if they're playing from behind, you know. Yep. Be- also, they have Legarrette Blunt, who they kept giving carries. <laughs> oh, fucking Spencer Ware getting a touchdown instead of <laughs> Kareem Hunt this week, man. It's like fuck you. <laughs> Jennifer was so happy. It was like, it was a perfect week for her. She was our first year playing and she's been so down about her team and she's had a lot of bad luck, but she was playing Brandon this week and Brandon is by far 
the top contender in our league. Have you looked at his running backs? Yeah, I think you made a statement. Like, I think he has like, I know James White. I think is one of them. And then it's fucking stupid. He's got Todd Gurley. Uh-huh. He's got James White. Yeah. He's got um, James Connor. Oh right, right. That's it. Yeah. He's got, and also on his bench, he picked up Kenyon Drake, which isn't looking great. But there for a second, it looked like he was going to have like a resurgence. And he's got like he's got like one or two other solid players on his team. Talk about a team that doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. That's Kenyon Drake on Miami. I mean, Miami. Yeah. (laughs) Frank Gore looks pretty good though. (laughs) But yeah, I think Kenyon Drake got like three carries last week or something. Yeah. Fuck that. yeah, so so Brandon is like by far the the leader. He's got like the most projected points every week, and Jennifer is just been like she's got a losing record. She was just obviously hopeless about this week, and I was like, you never know. You, you just you know don't give up hope. Yeah. And so it was just one of those magical Sundays where everything went her way and everything went away from Brandon, and he put up a way low point total, and she's blowing him out. Yeah, yeah. Because and one of the thing, one of the I have to say the reason I thought about it is because one of the things she did is she picked up Spencer Ware because he got a he got a touchdown last week too, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's a pretty. At first, I was like, ooh, you don't really want to be relying on that guy. But then she was she was like, well, the you know the they're playing the Browns, they're supposed to get ahead, and I was like, you know what? I take it back. That's a good pickup. That might work out for you. And sure enough. <laughs> He didn't get like a ton of points, but he got a touchdown yeah. by God. Yeah. Man, running backs went off this this week too, man. Like a bunch of them. Had- Some people's running backs did, yeah. Fucking Zach Ertz, man. Jesus Christ. And tight end is such a wasteland. <laughs> it is. Rob, Rob Gronkowski has – something's wrong with him. He's a, He's a total bust. I don't know how Kelsey did this week. He's he's usually pretty good. Um, and then yeah, Zach Ertz is by far like the tight end to own. And then there's not really anything else because didn't you get screwed by OJ Howard this week? Uh, I got yeah. Well, I mean, I had him on one of my teams, and then Jack Doyle. I played Doyle over Ebron. Over Ebron, yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, Ebron with three touchdowns in a half. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw that tweet you made towards Dave uh, Richard, and I, it's like you want to like just put your frustration somewhere, even though mm-hmm. they're doing the best they can at trying to predict fantasy right. football. You know, they're just looking at statistics right. and telling you what they've seen over the past, and like telling you a pattern to look uh, that they're looking at, and you know, and if you, yeah, and if you look at the games, like. Uh, I listen to what people say, but then I also just kind of look at the evidence. And Jack Doyle came back and was amazing last week. And Ebron didn't really do anything. <laughs> oh, they both got touchdowns last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, they both got them. But he, but Ebron was like, he got like two passes or something. Like, it kind of was like a, a saving, save a stat line yeah. touchdown. Whereas Doyle, I think he caught multiple passes. He looked like a guy that Luck was using up and down the field, which is what you want from a tight end. But man, yeah, fucking who knows what tight end's gonna I mean, outside of Ertz. I mean Yeah. You can always rely on Ertz, but fucking man. Yeah. 
It's going to be funny, too, because Zach Ertz will get taken in, like, the second round next year, and he'll probably bust. Because <laughs> that's how it goes. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 405 of Outlandish Podcast. If you like this email, you can do so at letter at outlandishpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, outlandishcast. You can follow Justin at outlandishbeats. You can follow me at outlandishmatt. You can follow Jeremy at outlandishjer. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outlandishpodcast. Thanks for listening to episode 405, and we'll catch you on 406. Bye. Bye. Say, thank you for listening to Outlandish. Thank you, Outlandish. Good enough.